I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Socially Modern Podcast. Today, we are going to be bringing you another Q&A because we love doing them. So excited about it. We always get such good questions. Yeah, we do. And we never seem to get the same questions over and over, which is nice. So there's a lot of variety, but we like to throw these in every few months. Every so so often. Here we are. So let's just dive right in. Okay. First question that we got was, what is the biggest hurdle in growing the Socially Modern Collective? This is seriously such a good question. And it's one, again, that we don't normally receive. Mm -hmm. So um, growing a team in general can honestly just be difficult for anybody. Uh, It's super rewarding. I have to say that, though. Um, It's just like growing any other type of business, though. There's highs, there's lows, there's some good, there's some bad, you know. Um, There's definitely struggles here and there. And um, just going over like maybe the beginning hurdles, uh, we're definitely navigating something totally foreign and coming up with replicable systems. Mm -hmm. Um, Having great systems for yourself is awesome, right? So Mm -hmm. when you start a team, you're like, okay, I have these awesome systems in place. I want to share them with people. Uh, But now you have to go out and make sure that they're teachable and people can take them and make them their own. Right. Um, you know, that's a whole other process. Right. So now that we've established a lot of this within the collective, um, and don't get me wrong, we're still adding more. We are always implementing more as we grow and as we see things that we need. Um, you know, this has just become a lot less of a hurdle at this point. <laughs> yeah. It was just a big growing pain, which was, you know, like, like you said, creating replicable systems is having a system for yourself is like a, a giant task in and of itself. And then having to create a space where people can come and replicate that same system is very difficult. Very. So, <laughs> uh, so I totally get it. I think another thing that's been tough is just trying to navigate like mentoring new agents or just adding people to the collective that are outside of Arizona mm-hmm. because you and I as team leads obviously are licensed in Arizona I'm licensed in Utah, but still like, I don't know the ins and outs of real estate in other States like I do here in Arizona. And so, you know, we are not able to mentor on transactions with other people. We have a system for that right now, but you know, we're growing a lot everywhere across the U S and we're working to find those, you know, doers, builders and mentors in other States because, that's just what our team needs right now. So right. absolutely. If that sounds like you hit us up. Here, here's your hint. Yeah, hit no, absolutely. I mean, we have, we have mentors within our brokerage, which has been great, but I mean the big picture, right. With socially modern collective is to have mentors within the collective across the United States everywhere. Yeah. So, so if we have someone join, say in Montana, a new agent join in Montana. It's like, oh, hey, let's connect you with so-and-so, our Montana Socially Modern Collective mentor. mentor. Yep. That's that's the big picture. That's We're the goal. About it. Okay. Next question. What if someone isn't the right fit for the team? 
Hmm, good question, right? Um, some agents honestly just aren't the right fit for the collective. And that's why we go through a discovery call initially to see if this is the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody cares to do social media marketing, just like not everybody cares to do cold calls. Right. Right. Or open houses. Yep. Um, we truly believe there's a million ways to be successful in this business. Uh, for us, that's social media marketing. Uh-huh. Um, if that's you too, then you're obviously the ideal um, avatar, so to speak. And mm-hmm. we're not afraid to say that either. Yeah. Um, you've heard us talk on here about niching down or niching down, as Jesse would say, <laughs> <laughs> in your business <laughs> when it comes to clients. And um, for us with the collective, we believe the same things. The mindset that I have is that the world is full of real estate agents and EXP is not just in the United States. We're in several countries. So really, I mean, the mindset is that the world is full of agents and some will be for us and some will naturally not be. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. There are, there are going to be people that really thrive within the model that we have built for the collective. And then there are going to be people who just don't. You know, we talk a lot about having an entrepreneur versus employee mindset and you and I are not bosses. I am not out here giving task lists or checking in on people every day to make sure they're quote clocked in and doing their work. Like I'm not your babysitter for lack of a better word. Like I'm here to be your mentor, cheerleader, supporter, whatever you need, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you, okay, now go do this and go do this. We have systems and checklists to help you help kind of kickstart your business, but we are not like going to sit here and check on you all the time. You're self-employed as a real estate agent. Yeah. This is your business. You show up every single day to move the needle in your business and Mm -hmm. you go to your mentors and you use the systems and things in place that they've already built. Like I was talking about earlier, we have systems. Yeah. We've come up with systems over the years. We've built successful businesses based on certain systems and things that we do. And that's what your mentor, your team lead is there for. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, the agent has to really put in the work. It's, it's your responsibility at the end of the day. And so people like that don't thrive within our model just because... That's, that's not just what not we're who, after. That's not who we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Next question. Yes, moving on. So next question is best part about being a team lead? I really like this question. Um, I actually became a team lead in my corporate job uh, when I was 21. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I had this whole corporate life. (laughs) Sometimes I forget too. (laughs) Um, so I'm 28, I'll be 29 this year. And yeah, I remember like my first corporate job outside of college. Um, I applied to become a team lead when I was only 21. So I feel like I've always just naturally gravitated into leadership positions. Um, which is just a quality of mine. That's just really cool to observe. And so I've had a lot of experience like coming through being a team lead in a corporate world as well as being a team lead within the collective. And for me, getting to like witness like the growth of your team members and just cheering them on when they have wins in their business and just watching them grow and succeed is incredibly rewarding because you had like a very small part in that. Um and you, you just were able to be a stepping stone for that person to reach success. 
So Absolutely. I also just like live to inspire people. <laughs> it's like, like something that drives me and motivates me is like, I really like being kind of an inspiration to people. And I don't mean that in a boastful way or anything. Like right. if anything, it's just to show people what's actually possible. Like if I can model this to you, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to accomplish it. Just kind of pushing people to be better. Um, so I just love being able to share like my story and my experience and my perspective to ultimately help somebody else. Right, right. Finding finding those great qualities in other people and then helping them see it themselves, right? Yeah, <laughs> because we're all our own worst critics. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, I really love, Jesse, that you pointed out the wins of our collective because I agree. I mean, truly seeing the success and feeling their excitement right? Mm -hmm. With like their first transaction or a big win in their business is like having my own big win. Or it honestly takes me back to my first deal Mm -hmm. and getting that first client. Like I remember how that feels. And honestly, I don't know that that feeling ever really truly goes away. Like every time that I have a new listing or a new client, like I'm excited equally as much. Like I get, (laughs) it's just so exciting. Um, I guess that's why I chose to start this and and began teaching other real estate agents actually long before the collective came to to life because I too like to help other people mm-hmm. in that sense so and help them grow and grow their businesses. And it's been really fun. I don't I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's kind of been really fun to be like a trendsetter in a way to be one of the first handful of people who've really found I mean not saying that we invented being a real estate agent on social (laughs) media or anything, but, but people to actually then turn around and help people up. Cause right. That's what leadership is all about is it's not just being at the top of the pyramid. Like, Hey, look at me, I'm up here. It's reaching down and grabbing the hands of other people and pulling them up to your level. That's, that's what it's about. Oh yeah. No, all day. Um, this was a good question. It was actually directed at Jesse. So I'm going to ask it. Um, Jesse, when you didn't make a sale for your first year, what did you do to make money? Oh, taking me back to good old (laughs) 2019. (laughs) Um, if you're unfamiliar or new listener, so I got licensed in March of 2019. I didn't make my first sale until May of 2020. So I spent 14 months without a commission check. And it was rough. (laughs) Yeah, it was rough, Um, rough for anybody. I'm sure that's tough. And I, so at the time, um, I was very blessed to receive help from family in addition to, uh, my husband's minor income at the time. Um, it, but all of it was honestly barely enough to get by, like barely, like I couldn't just like go to Target and just buy whatever I wanted. Like, oh, I like this purse or that's a cute top or something. I couldn't just throw it into my cart. And that was a really difficult time. (laughs) Um, You know, we couldn't like just go and eat out or like go do things or take trips. Like we had to watch every single penny that we spent. Um, In addition to just like trying to grow my real estate business, I drove for Lyft for a certain period of time. But the thing about when I drove for Lyft is I lived about 50 minutes away from like Phoenix or Scottsdale where you get a lot of Lyft requests. And so I would drive 
And this was before I had my Tesla too. So I was spending gas money to drive to these areas to make money on Lyft. And that was a very short lived experience because I just, it wasn't worth the money. It wasn't worth the gas money to drive to those locations right? to then turn around and have to drive all the way back. I wasn't making (laughs) enough money that way. Um, So I drove for Lyft. I did work as an assistant to another agent who um, not necessarily like, transactionally, but she was kind of building another business and needed an assistant. And so I, um, got paid an hourly wage to work part-time for her. And that really helped, um, kind of bridge that gap. I also tried to, uh, get into like social media coaching. Cause I knew, and this is where like being part of socially modern and doing this podcast and all the stuff that we have in the vision for this, for this collective, for this group, for this brand, it comes full circle because I, I knew that social media was what I wanted to do. And I knew that there was power in it, but I just didn't have the resume yet. I didn't have the success story yet. And so for, yeah, a, a little brief period of time, like I tried getting into like social media coaching, I thought maybe I'll leave real estate behind and do this. Um, and everything, but eventually like I did have that breakthrough Mm. and I was able to, you know, I've been able to maintain fairly consistent income since then. So that's so great. And see, honestly, like your past experiences, sometimes we don't even realize like how this is going to help us in the future. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, that was just part of it. That was meant to be. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'll answer this one too, because once upon a time I was also a brand new agent and money was honestly super tight when I was a new agent. Mm -hmm. That was why I became an agent, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm a very competitive person, so I do like that there's no cap, like what better industry to be in. Right. Um, Unlimited potential. Unlimited potential, but you know, getting started can be tough and Mm -hmm. you don't have any income and you're, you're really just waiting for that commission check. You got to get those commission checks going, right? Um, so I don't even know if I've said this ever on here, but (laughs) when I started in real estate, I actually cleaned houses in the mornings. I worked in my real estate business in the afternoon. And then at night I Ubered, like, I think Uber and Lyft were kind of becoming Mm -hmm. a bigger deal like a few years ago. So that's why. Um, but yeah, I did all of that. I, I Ubered while my kids were sleeping and every single dollar was absolutely needed. Like Jesse was saying, Um, My husband was working two jobs as well, one that required some traveling and one was working for a family member's restaurant. Like we were both just scraping by Mm -hmm. um, just to make as much money as we could in the moment. Um, But I will say all of this, you know, we, we put in the hard work then. We both grew businesses. He had a pool company that he actually sold after just two years this past summer. So that was amazing for him. And obviously my real estate business has been amazing too since starting. Um, But I just think that everybody needs to remember too that every single person starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, I I really, I love Instagram, but I do think sometimes we get caught up in like, oh, well, she's she's doing this and she does this production. And it's like, I want you guys to know that like... I didn't just wake up and start making what I, what I'm making now today. It took five years for you to be an overnight success. (laughs) It took five years. Exactly. (laughs) And I was cleaning houses when I started. So, you know, it comes, you just got to put in the hard work. Don't ever be too good to like just hustle. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So 100 percent. There's my soapbox. Someone um, someone had also asked me, like, when you got to like your breaking point where you weren't making any money and it was kind of like, do I stay? Do I stay or do I go? Do I give up? Like whatever. Right. Like what kept me pushing forward and for me it was the thought of going back to a nine to five right literally made me sick to my stomach well and I think that you're just you have that entrepreneur inside of you and yeah I made a post today actually and maybe some of you have read it but I I started out this post saying that I I've always told my husband like from the time we were dating that I was just meant to own a business. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that was going to be. I mean, I even dabbled in like, maybe I just want to be a stay-at-home mom for like a hot minute. But that that ended, you know? I just just always knew that this was something in me Mm -hmm. to do. And so I feel like sometimes you just kind of know that. Yeah. Even without knowing what that's going to look like. 100%. That, (laughs) that's kind of how I had been too. Like for years and years I had been saying like, I, I don't want the corporate life. I don't want to work for the evenings or the weekends and have someone tell me when I can and can't take time off or travel or whatever. Like I just wanted that freedom, which is what pushed me to get into real estate in the first place, you know? And so all of that really just kind of accumulated to be, I cannot fathom the thought of going back to a nine to five because I, yeah. I, it was, it was like, I finally broke the chains mm-hmm. and made it into entrepreneurship. And like, there was no way in hell that I was going back to it. And it's as hard as it is. I mean, you get a taste of it and it's like, like Jesse said, you can't really go back. Yeah. I mean, I think about it often now I'm like, wow, where else would I be with all these opportunities and the time that I'm given, you know, um, I've said it on here several times. I homeschool now, like, how mm-hmm. would I be able to work this kind of job, um, career and, and earn the income that I can earn, um, sky's the limit and homeschool. Like sometimes my days are a little crazy. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes real estate is really hard and you're like, this is tough. I don't have a yeah. commission check coming, but you got to put your head down and just keep working. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off on a tangent like several times in this. <laughs> no, I'm, this is what but this. It's so fun. This is what, I mean, this type of episode is all about. Right. You know, you just, again, I mean, if you're in a spot right now where you're kind of feeling discouraged, I mean, dig in, really do the work, really look at yourself and say like, have I given this my 1000% all, mm-hmm. you know? And if you, if you can't answer that with a yes, then I think you need to try. And you have to Keep go, going. you have to go back to your why too. Like, why did you become a real mm-hmm. estate agent in the first place? Like for you, it was to make money, you know, and never be that broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> exactly. And like, for me, it was, I was craving the freedom of being able to create my own schedule and make as much money as I wanted as if I was willing to work for it. So right. going back to your why and your why will shift and change over time, of course, but absolutely, you have to, like you said, dig in and think about your why and, and go from there. Push forward guys. Mm-hmm. We believe in you. Uh, that was a good question. Okay. So next one, um, do you believe in having one Instagram or two? We actually get this question fairly often yeah this is probably the one question that we get (laughs) repeatedly yeah Um, so definitely only one 
account. You'll, you will not find Stephanie and I on two separate accounts ever. Um, we really believe in a mixed approach to social media where you're sharing things both about your business and your personal life to your audience. Um, so your overall account should really reflect that as well. You're ultimately giving your audience an opportunity to learn about who you are and build that relationship with them outside of real estate, because that's what this business is all about is relationships. If you ask me and we just use, we just leverage social media to do it online. Absolutely. I mean, I agree obviously wholeheartedly with Jesse on this. Um, big believers in having one Instagram, but let's break it down a little bit so it like can make more sense too and like soak in. Uh, Your sphere of influence, right? They already follow you probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Your sphere of influence is also usually your best and first set of referrals and or buyers, sellers, whatever um, that you'll have in your business. More often than not, this is how it works out. Uh, So why would you go and create a new separate account specific to your real estate business. It probably has real estate in the, the handle even Mm -hmm. or realtor or something like that. And now you have to try and get all of your sphere of influence that you already had on one page to come follow you on your business page. And you're going to also try and attract new followers. Mm -hmm. Like that just seems like a lot of added effort and work when you already have an audience right on a particular page. Even if you're like, I only have 35 followers. Okay, cool. That's 35 more than you have on your new page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's where you need to be. That's where you need to show up consistently. Yep. I agree. And I just like couldn't imagine creating content for both. No. <laughs> I mean, we have business pages now and we, we still, I mean, we have help for the, yeah. for the page because uh-huh. it is a lot to content create for multiple pages. Yeah. And the, the beautiful thing about having one account is like some people, I'm not a mom, so I don't, I don't relate to this at all. And maybe you can, but like some people are like, well, I don't want to share like too much about my kids and whatever. That's fine. You don't have to, you can pick and choose what you get to share on your one account. If you don't want jack squat about your kids on your personal profile, like on your profile, then don't share anything about your kids. Well, and I think that you can find, you can find a way to share without oversharing. I mean, the best the best, um, image that I can paint on this is, is, you know, there's celebrities out there that we feel like we know them. Yeah. People feel like they know celebrities. Yeah. Nobody really knows celebrities. Like I can follow all of these celebrities, watch their stories. They're giving us what we want to see. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're just putting on a show. I mean, you can go onto your social media, still share about your personal life without sharing too much about your personal life, you know, you can have that good balance. So Mm -hmm. I know you're like, oh, that just seems like really difficult to do, but there are people out there doing it. If you're a mom that doesn't want to share your kids, um, what's her name? Kristen Cavalieri. She's a a celebrity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't share her kids faces. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe go and get some inspiration from people like that, or just start following people that you like their style and you can mimic it. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, that's, that's just the nice thing is it's your account. You get to pick. Exactly. You get to pick. Okay. Moving on. Next question. How do you each format a home buyer call? Um, so I really kind of start out just by explaining the, the buying process step by step. So 
you know, step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. So I have it all written out and I talk about it. Um, then I will usually like briefly touch on different loan types and like minimum credit scores, down payment amounts, that kind of thing. Then I usually roll into information about like rent to own. Like that's something I've been pushing a lot lately because I have partnered with a company that, that offers like a lease purchase program. So I touch on that as well as addressing new builds because as agents, we all know that they're different than regular resales. So I kind of touch on that. Um, and then kind of at the end of it, I will end up connecting those buyers with one of my lender partners to get qualified and then just really create a customized plan for them moving forward, whether they want to buy in two weeks, two months or two years. Right. That's what's so important. Honestly, the home buying calls are gold. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you ask me, that is pure gold. Um, and exactly what Jesse said, but adding to that, I'd say you need to figure out what your objectives are during a home buying call, right? For me, I love that I'm face to face with somebody so I can get all of the good juicy details that I need to know about this person. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy for people just to like put their phone down and not respond if you're sending them message after message through text or DM. Mm -hmm. So avoid doing that. That's why these calls are so great. Um, I also like to structure my home buying guide to prompt those kinds of questions and help me qualify my buyers. Yeah. Um, Figure it, out where they're at. Exactly. It's such a great tool all around to do that. Uh, when I started in the business, we mainly had listing guides and I noticed that right off the bat. And then I, of course, being a new agent, I had more buyers. And yeah. so I was like, well, maybe we should have like this buyer's guide. So I ended up creating a buyer's guide and just kind of ran with it. And now, of course, five, six years later, everybody has buyer's guides. They're all yeah. over the place. But um, I've always just created my own and I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so same. Anyways, moving on to the next question. I think this is our last question. Is this it? Yeah. Ooh. Last question. All right. Good. Here we go. Um, how do you plan out your content, Jesse? <laughs> um, so my content process is more or less the same. Uh, I usually keep a running list of topic ideas that are based around my ideal clients. And I have that saved on the notes app in my phone. And so each week I will usually go like pick and choose topics from that list and kind of insert them into, okay, I'm going to post about this topic on Monday, this topic on Tuesday, and so on and so forth. Then I will usually pair that topic with a photo or film a reel for it or like plan to batch a reel later for it or something. And then I will end up writing the caption at the same time. Um, so it's usually a batching process like we've talked about a million times, batching content. Uh, I actually recently, since we're recording this at the end of January, I recently just put together my 28 days or 28 reels in 28 days for February. And I used this same method, but for an entire month versus just a week. So I looked at February and I just like was like, okay, I'm going to post about this topic on the first, this topic on the second, this topic on the third. And then once I had all of the days filled in, I started going back and finding audios and recording a video for that specific topic. And that was 
actually a lot easier than just going and batching reels and then having a bunch of drafts and and then not knowing what topic to put it with. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, she she just showed me her reels before we recorded this. And she has <laughs> All a the huge draft <laughs> of reels going right now. I'm like, dang, I need to get on your level. Um, but no, that... I mean, I'm very, I'm similar in ways, but I'm a little more on the creative. I'm, I'm such a creative brain. So this sometimes is, I can be a little like spastic. This is where you guys are going to witness how different <laughs> Stephanie and I are. Like we're, we're the same in a lot of ways, but we're also very different. So absolutely. Continue. I, <laughs> I'm very, I like the, my creative side. Um, so I can tend to be a little fly by the seat of my pants sometimes. Um, I do however thrive with, a, with content creation when I batch. So I, have learned that um and I create better when I'm in the zone so for me like the zone is where my kids are not able to interrupt me um I have chill music playing I can just literally focus and tune everything else out so I do have to have kind of a thought process here of like where am I going to sit down in content batch because it's probably not going to be at my not house, at your house. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I just love to sit down and type away before I do that, though, I do refer to my brain dump. So mine's a little messier. It's usually on like a notepad somewhere mm-hmm. scribbled with no rhyme or reason, maybe on multiple sheets. It's OK. It's yeah. not in my notes app. <laughs> um, all over. It's all over because it's just wherever I was at the in, at that moment and I just had a thought. And I just scribble it down. So it's fine. Um, (laughs) But then I can feel pretty inspired most of the time. Go from there and start to fill it all in. I do use the Planoly app because I just have to schedule it out. Otherwise, again, I'm at home. My kids are running around. Life is crazy. I'm getting a phone call. I have a listing going under contract. Like things happen. And then I don't end up posting stuff. So having that auto post feature tool, like hands down, I, I need that in my life. So mm-hmm. even if you're a creative fly by the seat of your pants person, you may find that to be really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's how I go about it. It's not, you know, any specific set. I may have a random day that I'm like, I'm free that day. I am going to my office or I'm going to Starbucks and I'm going to, I'm going to write down everything. Yeah. Sometimes I really do like the environment is really important. Like it plays such a big role. I will go to maybe I'm just kind of feeling burned out where I'm at, like in my apartment or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I'll go to a coffee shop or a Starbucks or something and just, there's always such a good vibe at coffee shops. Like, the mm-hmm. music, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of movement. I yeah. don't know why, but the energy feels higher. The right? smell. The smell. Yeah. So if you're feeling, maybe here's your sign. If you're not <laughs> feeling creative, you need to maybe switch your environment up a little bit. Yeah. And and go somewhere. Go to a coffee shop. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> cool. Well, that was all the questions that we had this time around. Thank you guys so much for submitting all of them. We love it when you send us these questions and we'll probably do another one in a handful of months like we always do exactly but we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you next week bye guys thanks for listening to socially modern interested in partnering with us on our nationwide real estate team check the show notes of this episode to schedule a call with one of us to learn more Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates on the show at Socially Modern. You can also follow me, Stephanie, at Hey Stephanie Mainville. And me, Jessie, at Miss Jessie Lockhart. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week.